Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun. Welcome into the Victory Bells podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Hey, guys. Oh, big golfs, huh? All right. On Red Raider Sports Radio. Well, see you later. And now, here's Will. Great cash, homie. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the latest edition of the Victory Bells podcast. Brought to you in the Hypnotic Donuts studio right here for me in Lubbock, Texas, and for my man, Matt Clare, in Houston, Texas. What's up, Matt? Hey, man. How's it going? It's uh, it's going pretty good, man. I am uh, ready to get the spring semester off to a grand start here, and I say that as we're, you know, freaking, you know, 50 days into the spring, uh, which is, <laughs> is, is hard to believe, man, but uh, yeah, I know that uh, just kind of to jump right to it today, that you and I... You know, now that the 2018 cycle's over, uh, finished up all of that stuff here about two weeks ago as they, they wrapped up the signing class and have fully moved on to 2019 and really trying to get things rocking and rolling with that group. And uh, so you and I wanted to do a just kind of a big podcast today to kind of accompany our initial first look kind of big board for the class, just kind of as our 2019, like I said, recruiting preview. Just initial thoughts on... What you need in the class, uh, top targets in the class, uh, who's who's really on the radar, who isn't, what what this may look like. So, I guess first, Matt, uh, you want to put a real quick cap on 2018, not anything in detail, but just kind of general thoughts on how it finished out there, maybe just real quick. Yeah, no, I know we did that last week, but I think yeah. just really touching on what you said is that, uh, you know, what what do they need in 2019? And I think if you take one thing away from the 2018 class or if you pulled, you know, 10 or 100 people, they'd say more defense, more defense, more yeah. defense. So I think what you'll see, we'll get into the position group specifically, uh, but I think a lot of people are interested to see, you know, who do they target on defense? Who are some of the top guys? Who's really reciprocating that interest? And in, in what position does said player, you know, play? And uh, I think that'll be interesting just because, I mean, at the end of the day, right, whether it's 2018 or any class that we talk about, Texas Tech can recruit offense because Kingsbury is known for offense. Texas Tech over the past decade plus has been known for offense. And quite honestly, in the state of Texas, you're going to have quarterbacks, you're going to have receivers and plenty of running backs to choose from. Uh, I think Brandon Jones has done very well with the offensive line. I think most people are just interested in who do you get in the door on defense and how many uh, do you get in the door on defense? Right. Because realistically, only taking what was it four four uh, commitments. Um, yes, while yes, yes, while yes. it may make sense in the grand balancing beam of things, if you will, um, over a four year period, uh, you like to see more than that on an annual basis. So anyway, we'll get into that. But that's my really last thought on 2018. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would just say that. Yeah, you, you, what you take from 2018, big offensive class. Uh, you t- you took up a lot of care and took care of a lot of needs on the offensive line, that receiver. And then this next group this year will be, I think, much more from what Coach Kingsbury said on signing day. It'll be maybe a little defense heavy, but I think their thought is that they're going to try to take a full 25 and make it even maybe 
13-12 defense offense. So, I mean, legitimately a full class, the full deal, uh, and, and and we'll just go ahead and dive right into it. So, I, I guess first, Matt, we'll just talk about your first two commits that you've already got real quick. Let's do that. Uh, Steven Parker, a linebacker from South Oak Cliff, and then you got uh, a wide receiver, Cameron Cantrell, obviously younger brother of Dylan Cantrell, uh, at receiver there for your first two commits in this class. Just, just your thoughts on those two guys as your first two commits. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows the story with Dylan Cantrell and his younger brother Cameron. Uh, I think even coming out of house, you know, Dylan wasn't some heralded top recruit. Um, it was always uh, maybe even Mahomes' teammate, right? And then, yes. you know, he made definitely made a name for himself, and he'll continue to do so as he prepares for the NFL draft. I think Cameron is going to be along the same lines very much, you know, when you meet him right now. Uh, 6'1", 180 seems pretty accurate to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, I would say – very much still a young man kind of progressing into his body type and, and what he can do. Uh, but in terms of just the position and the background and the connection, you know, that's a solid commitment. Um, and it's obviously someone that, that they wanted to bring into the fold. So he'll, he'll be here, you know, when we talk about signing day in December and or uh, next February. And, and, and really with Stephen Parker, it's an interesting one because if we if we kind of allow ourselves to talk about 2018, I mean, wow, did Tech have four to five really good 2018 commitments at this time last year yeah. that did not <laughs> sign with Texas Tech. Yeah. The, yeah. the unique thing about Stephen Parker, though, is he is that four-star guy. He does play at South Oak Cliff, but he's only been at South Oak Cliff for a couple years. He actually grew up in the Lubbock area. He knows what West Texas is all about. He knows what to expect. Um, I think, you know, he's one of these kids too. You're not going to see him tweeting. I don't even think he has a cell phone. We usually have to call his coach to get in touch with him. Um, I I think he kind of is that typical kind of low key guy that we would see from a West Texas, but he's just been dropped into South of cliff, which is one of the top programs in the area, uh, DFW area. Uh, so what we've seen since his commitment is several other offers, um, and, and, you know, there's always that potential that, that he could break that verbal and kind of reopen things. But I do think those ties back to West Texas and his comfort level with, uh, Emmett Jones and the other staff at Texas tech will win out in the end. So yeah. I think all things considered, you've got two solid commitments, one on offense, one on defense, and, uh, it's a good base. Yeah, I, I agree. Good base. Uh, I think Stephen Parker's a guy that you take him as a linebacker. He could he could probably end up playing linebacker, rush end. Uh, you just kind of find a spot for him eventually, depending on you know whatever whatever the staff ends up seeing him as once you get him on campus. But I, I think he'll take four star athlete types on, on on defense, and he's certainly that. So. Yeah, excited to see where things go with both those two moving forward. So, yeah, let, let's look at this 2019 class, Matt, and uh, we're going to just kind of run this down position by position. Uh, we're looking at our board that we put together, and, and just for a heads up, this is just our initial board with offers only. This isn't targets, just offers. So, uh, Matt, Matt and I... Well, the, the only thing yeah. I'll add to that is this is a free article, too. Yes, so, the you know, the, the folks that probably listen to this are our paying customers. And so yes. what you have headed your way is a much more detailed uh, version of this next week. And, and we'll provide a Q&A. Plus, you'll have this podcast to sort of bounce right. off of as well. So we want to answer your questions. And, you know, the idea when we do these boards every time is we don't want to just put every kid that's offered. We want to, no. you know, put the kids that even if they're committed, but they're still talking to tech, you know, we want to include them. Um, and, and even if they've been offered, but there's kind of a long, long, long shot that tech is going to land them. We don't want to really include them on the board. You know, we want this to, to really reflect how the coaches use, you know, quote unquote, the board, hence the name yeah. of the, the feature. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to add my two cents there, but, but go ahead. Will. 
No, yeah, no, I think that's exactly fair. I think that that was the focus of this board is don't just put every offer under the sun. We wanted to put players that I think Tech is really, really trying to get in on or players that I think there's been a lot of legitimate interest there. So uh, there has to be a little history there between the two. We didn't want to just do it like a kid that got offered and there hasn't been much since then because that happens sometimes. So uh, that or some kids that just aren't interested. I mean, both things happen. So, um, yeah, let's just kind of break this down here, Matt. Uh, let's start with quarterback because I think that's the one that's the most pressing and the one everybody will have the most initial interest in and will probably be one of your earliest commits in the class. Wouldn't you probably agree that's fair? more than likely yeah i think we might have said the same thing last year but um and it and it well it took a little while but i think the unique thing and i think we've even referenced this on the podcast before about 2018 recruiting is that texas uh uh, well a&m did have a a quarterback commit but but texas and uh ou the some of the schools already had their guy at 2019 um, and that still is the case for Texas and OU. And so I think what you have is ultimately you got to see who Baylor targets. You got to see who TCU targets. Uh, and, and again, who A&M goes after, you know, after the fact. But we can get into all of that. But the, the point being there is that, you know, you've you've got a lot of good guys to choose from. But in in, you know, what we've seen over the years is Kingsbury's going to focus in on maybe one or two guys and that's it. And that's what we see here. And, and, you know, wait till they say no, or looks like they're going elsewhere and then keep going down your board. So, uh, we'll see how it goes, but I think, I don't think they're going to have to go to offer number, you know, whatever to get their guy this year. I think, you know, 2019, number number five, you won't have to go to number five or I don't think even four this year. Sure. But I think what we'll see is we'll see a swing in the fact that, you know, hey, look at our quarterback position um, and whether that happens during the season or before, you know, there was real opportunity at Texas Tech, I would argue, because after this year, um, you've got, you know, you're going to see what happens, but there's just really no one that holds that job right now. So that's when you start getting, you know, as we speak to some of these elite prospects, that's where you can get in their ear about, well, come take the job here, you know, yep. and and get it, you know, fight for it, come do whatever. Right. And yep. And all that's so difficult to forecast or predict um but that's where it is right now yeah yeah no there's there's no doubt that's exactly where it is right now and i think that the get two guys we've put on this board and and i think the two guys that you look at right now uh specifically that are already offered are jacob zeno from john jay in san antonio and then uh grant tisdell from allen and i think of the two it seems to me matt and you probably would agree that jacob zeno uh, we talked to him a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to get a full update with him here here pretty quick uh, again. But he, he's a guy that I think you've really kind of lasered in on as the guy you want. Uh, and it seems like Coach Kingsbury has really made him the top prospect, like I said. No, I agree. And uh, I don't know if you had just mentioned it. I, I didn't catch that last part. But even with Kevin Johns coming in, they've already been talking on a daily or every other day basis based on some of my interactions with Zeno. Um and and I think that, you know, again, like I just touched on, they're going to focus in on one guy. They're going to build that relationship and they're going to see what happens. But typically your quarterback tend to go ahead and, and commit because they're going to have their own spring ball or they're doing track or, you know, let's be honest, they got 10 other schools calling them or texting them every day. So um, I think after the spring, after some of these visits, you know, we'll really be able to see. A, who's serious about tech or, you know, where things are going and, and what that looks like. But with Zeno, that's pretty clearly their number one target right now. 
Yeah, and, and, and he's a guy that, uh, as we're recording this, we're recording this, and I'll put it up tonight, uh, we're recording this on Thursday, and I believe on a Wednesday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon, he was offered by Florida as well. Uh, so okay. That was kind of his other big offer that he's picked up here. So uh, curious to see what he thinks of the Gators, but I know that he was extremely high on Coach Kingsbury, and like I said, uh, I want to talk to him, see what he's heard from, all from Coach Johns as well. So uh, he's a guy I like a lot from what I see on film. Uh, he makes some great throws, uh, has a big arm, I think, uh, and he's listed as pro style, but I would say he's pro style leaning towards can be dual threat, but I would say definitely a guy that leans towards a thrower more, but, uh, I like what I see out of him. Uh, the other guy that we have listed is Grant Tisdale. And if I remember correctly, Matt, I, I think he hasn't really heard much from, from the staff here in a while. And I would guess that he's kind of your secondary option. seems like tech really wasn't super in on him right now. Well, I mean, it could be a but number not, of things, not, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they originally offered him. He could be a guy that's looking to the the marquee names like an Ohio State or et cetera, et cetera. Um, I was just going to add before we moved off Zeno, he got Arkansas last night as well. Oh, so, okay. yeah. I mean, it's again, it's far, you know, far from being a. Uh, um, you know, something that'll happen next week and he could get even a couple more offers because quarterback is just that premier position. But anyway, I think they're focused on the relationship there. But with Tisdale, I mean, I've heard a couple of things with him. I've heard, you know, Ohio State's pretty strong there. But I've also heard that um, I've also heard that now that A&M is open, that that could be a potential landing spot for him. Right. I got you. Cool, cool. And uh, while I think those guys are kind of your focus right now to look at, the other guy that hasn't been offered is Maverick McIver, uh, who's down there in uh, San Angelo, correct? I believe is where he's at. And, yep. And uh, he, he's a guy that I think Tech's seen several, play several times. And I'm just curious to see, you know, depending on what happens with Zeno, I would guess he's probably your next next offer if, if, if Zeno was to go look somewhere else, wouldn't you? Yeah, that everything would indicate that that would be the case. But I think, you know, today we're just giving this overview. And then, you know, maybe in a month or so that, you know, we'll know who has been to a spring practice or who is, you know, taking the time to do an unofficial visit or now with the new rules, you know, who is who's going to now, uh, you know, take an official visit in the spring. So I think a lot of that will play itself out here pretty soon, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I think it's a deal where with the quarterback position, you clearly are in the look for, you know, the guy of the future. And what I mean by that is, is I think that a lot of us, you know, myself included, really believe that that Jet Duffy is probably the quarterback for the next couple of years. There's still a lot of there's still a lot of opportunity here down the road, whether that's you know not till 2019 or 2020 uh, or, or 2021 even. But if things don't work out with Jet Duffy, I mean, I think you can tell these guys there's just there's a lot of open room on this quarterback chart right now. And nothing's a done deal. So I think that has to be attractive uh, to some of these younger guys. Wouldn't you agree there, Matt? No, absolutely. That's what I was kind of referring to yeah. earlier with that swing is that even in the spring, you know, when they're there at practice, they're going to see that it's an open competition. And look, at the end of the day, you know, I, I know that Texas Tech is not Georgia, but look no further than Georgia. I mean, they've got a true freshman uh, or Alabama, right? You know, they've got true freshmen. They're starting a national championship game yes. or, or, or uh, true sophomores. Well, they're getting replaced. Or the kid that's a five-star commits to Georgia because at the end of the day, these kids are all competitive. So especially at the quarterback position, what I mean by that is they Nothing can go in. stone, yeah. Right, but they're going to watch these guys practice. And, you know, most of these guys that are getting these big-time offers, they're going to think to themselves, okay, well, 
well, I think I can potentially beat these guys out, or I think there's a real opportunity here. So um, it's a different mindset. There's a couple layers to that. But, yeah, no, I'd agree with that on the whole. Okay. All right, cool. Fair enough. And, again, oh, those are the three guys I'll focus on at quarterback for right now. Uh, let's move on to running back here uh, real quickly. we got four targets to talk about, uh, and we can break this up however. Uh, Darwin Barlow from Newton is kind of the high-profile one of the top of the guys. He's a Rivals 250 guy. Uh, the guy that I'm the most interested in, and I'm going to try to see him play this fall something point, is a King, a King and, and I'm probably going to butcher his last name, Duere. Uh, or Dewaru, I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, you do. You're doing great. Uh, yeah, just just great with my pronunciations. Uh, from Tascosa and Amarillo, uh, he plays in kind of a downhill triple option system. Uh, big physical tailback kind of that reminds me a little bit of Sir Roderick Thompson to kind of be honest that you just signed. Uh, so I'm curious to see what you get there out of him. Uh, Dion Hankins is a guy out in El Paso that's had an offer for a good long time. Uh, and these other two guys are your two newest offers with Dinka and Barlow. But those are the four that we feel like Texas are the, kind of the most interested in. And again, just like quarterback, running back a position where I think after this year and Trey King leaves, it's going to be wide open to, to kind of anybody who any, – any challenges mm-hmm. that come, you know. Yeah, very similar to what we are just talking about with quarterback. I mean, from a depth chart perspective – or gosh, if I could talk, that would be good – perspective <laughs> uh, or, or just a what's in front of you type of deal by the time they get on campus. I mean, they've they've got a legit opportunity to sell there. So um, that will be interesting to see play out as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, out of these four guys, Matt, uh, any of them really stick out to you or, or anything you want to kind of add about that group before we move on to receiver? I feel like Dion Hankins has been a target for a long time. Yes, and I don't too. know if that was a Joe Robinson special because he was just given far west Texas as an area. Um, but, you know, Barlow's going to have an offer from anyone and, and their yeah. mother after this is all said and done. So who knows there? Uh, but intriguing that you've got a, a high three-star, like you said, down the road in Amarillo. Uh, but a recent offer is to Justin Dinka. And what's interesting here at running back is you've got a new running backs coach. You know, surprise, it seems to happen once a year. Um, but <laughs> the cool part is, is you know, Clay McGuire knows Texas Tech. Um, and, and, you know, I think, you know, you'll agree with me. Washington State did spend time recruiting in Texas. So and he was a big, he was a big part of that, I think. Right. So he's he's made he's rented the car, he's made the trips around town. So the most recent offer to Justin Dinka, who is a Marcus Marauder, uh like me. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out <laughs> shout Marauders. Out. But no, it, but but I hear good things about him. Um but you know, you look down the list, you know, even with Dinka, five eleven, one seventy eight, this uh King Daru, six foot 200 so not a huge difference but definitely you know could look at different styles of backs as well yeah yeah i uh yeah i I think so and i think several of these guys are different styles but i think the thing that i've noticed is none of these guys are under 511 it's these all and in my opinion all seem more like traditional uh kind of downhill backs wouldn't you say more so than scat backs like you usually kind of recruit Yes. No, I'd agree with that, especially in watching their film before we record this. But also, you know, if we're going to mention that Clay McGuire is new, we should also admit that, okay, outside of King and Dinka, who are recent offers, uh, you know, Barlow is, but but before McGuire came on, he's probably a no brainer. Uh, This list could look a lot different in a couple months as well. Yeah, no, it it could. And that's the thing. You never know what a new position coach will want to do maybe he doesn't like these targets maybe he wants to do whatever coach kingsbury is pretty liberal about letting these guys pick who they want 
uh, as far as the offensive staff, as long as he'll approve it. So uh, we will kind of look into that in the future, and uh, we will keep a tabs on running back as we kind of move forward here. But uh, let's look at receiver here. Uh, obviously, I think, as it always is, this is kind of your most star-studded position group as far as the targets go. Uh, we've only put one four-star guy on this list right now, though we probably could add a couple more to it. But we just kind of wanted to focus on four. Uh, two of these guys are teammates at Richland and North Richland Hills. That'd be Rashi Rice and Shamar Johnson. Uh, I really like both these guys. I think specifically Rashi Rice is probably, I would say, should be your top target at receiver. I think he's a really good guy, a really good player that fits a lot what you're trying to do. Uh, TQ Jackson's another one that uh, I think at a 5.6 three-star is a little underrated. Uh, I think he's a really good good pass catcher. And then Elijah Higgins, another one, uh, a 6'3", big outside target. So uh, got several different body types here. And, and just, again, uh, as it always is, you're going to be pretty competitive with, I think, with, with big-time receivers here, Matt. Yeah, and I think, you know, as a group, we decided to list these guys because outside of Higgins, I could guarantee that Rice, Jackson, and Johnson will be in Lubbock, you know, sometime this spring. If you see it reported out there that there's a junior day set up, I mean, that's just not true. Um, so there, there's no date for that. We've talked to all these kids. They've re- reaffirmed there's no date for that, but they, they do plan on on going to Lubbock. With Higgins, it's going to be interesting because he's starting to get a little more attention um, and, and you know a little bit more traction on the recruiting trail. Uh, so I don't know if he will fall off and they'll get another target in the door, but, but we'll see. I mean, only time will tell, like they, they still have a lot to offer there, um, in terms of, you know, opportunity, but they did take a lot of guys and a lot of walk-ons. So it, it may be, you know, only two or three guys, but only time will tell on that kind of stuff. Yeah. And just curious to see how big of a class they take at receiver after taking a big one last year. Uh, you only, only take a couple guys here. You've already got Cantrell committed. So I'm curious to see what the numbers end up being like there. Uh, if we get a little more info on that, we'll get that to you guys. But so yeah, let's kind of take a look here at, at the next position group here. And one we haven't seen here in a while, Matt, and that would be, you know, tight ends. And, and you got two offered here in, uh, Inamdi Adim Madumere. I'm going to go with that. So Golf clap. Uh, Very for, good. for my pronunciation effort today from Fort Worth Southwest. And then we have uh, David Ogwegbu, who plays at KD Seven Lakes. I think that one was a little bit was a little cleaner, mm-hmm. was a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, you got two legit tight end targets here, uh, and I think excited to see where you go from here and if you can add one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, Wagway's kind of shot up the boards uh, in terms of becoming a four-star pretty quickly. I know I want to say it was last week or week before Alabama offered, and he's labeled as an athlete because. Maybe he spins down to a D lineman. Maybe he stays at tight end. I'm not sure. Um, but definitely talented enough to be a four-star athlete. Uh, so it would be interesting to see kind of what happens there. And then the same thing uh, with uh, Namdi is, you know, his, his – his build is a little more similar to what you would, you know, maybe say a wide receiver, but I haven't spoke with him specifically and don't know a lot about him, but another highly rated guy listed as a tight end. So I'd like to get his two cents on the position and kind of, you know, what he sees himself doing at the next level. But uh, another, you know, another area where really just in general, take away the names, take away the targets for right now, you know, the tight end position is back in the fold and whether that, is you know something they're building for in the future or if it's a new thing you know with with johns that he wants to implement i mean they did take on a walk-on um and you did see see some yeah yeah, and you saw some things during the year that you know 
not necessarily required a tight end, but they were trying to show some different looks. And they, I forget who they did that with, um, but they they had a few guys that were uh, on the roster that kind of lined up in that role, um, but mostly in the backfield and on some handoff type stuff. So we'll see. Uh, I know that you'd done the research and you'd looked yeah. back at Johns and kind of how he designs the offense. So uh, at the very least, you know, they're going to target these guys and we'll see what happens with these two. Yep, we will see what happens. Also would not surprise me at all if you see maybe some uh, lighter, like some offensive line targets, some guys that were like smaller offensive linemen targeted that also could possibly play tight end at the next level that you might offer. So I would be on the lookout for that as well, like some kind of all, you know what I'm saying, some kind of jack-all-trades guys you kind of might be able to turn into a tight end. So uh, I'd look for that as well. So uh, now that we talked about those two guys, let's move on to the offensive line here. And we actually got to talk to Coach Jones out on signing day, and, and he just kind of spelled it out for us that – uh, looks like right now they'll take four offensive linemen in this class. Uh, kind of one guy at every position where they take a center, a t- probably a center, a, ta- t- a t- left tackle, right tackle, and then maybe you know a guard that that can play left or right guard. So uh, yeah, let's just kind of look at this group, Matt. I think this is a group we're actually probably the most familiar with. As, as funny as that is to say, of all the position groups, where uh, the most ho- pro- high profile guy here is EJ and Dama Ogar, who plays at Allen. Uh, with some other guys that you've offered, and I think there's some familiarity there. Brandon Brown's another kid who is the younger brother of a former Red Raider. Uh, why can I not remember his first name? I wasn't either. Sorry, I'm going to leave you hanging. Um, it's Doesn't it start with the B as well? Balin. Yes, Balin. Yeah. Good, good Lord Almighty. Yeah. Uh, obviously a four-year starter for you there. Uh, Trevor Robertson, who's a kid, big kid out of Wellington out here in West Texas, 6'11 kid, big kid that I've, I've seen in camp already. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, you can't just say big kid. He's 6'11", 6'11". so he's a jolly giant. giant. He yeah, uh, giant he added a USC offer yesterday, so that's uh, okay. pretty, pretty big for the town of Wellington. Yeah, I'll tell you, I am very familiar with the town of Wellington, and that is uh, not the biggest place on planet Earth. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just a, just a, a freak anomaly to have a kid that size out there uh, who's as athletic and as big as he is. So him, uh, Marcus Alexander, who we've talked with here in the last couple weeks, same thing with Cole Birmingham. Uh, those kids out of Sunnyvale and Katy, respectively, Trevor Strange, and then Javon Shepard. So uh, with this group, Matt, the thing I kind of noticed for the most part is you're not taking, it seems like, as long a kids as you did in the past. Now, you, you took a bunch of tackles in this last class, you know, where uh, I think that Coach Jones clearly took a couple guys that were specifically built to play tackle and a couple guys that were specifically built to play guard. And all these guys seem to be kind of, you know, kind of road graders, physical, uh, a little shorter, but maybe a little bit more well-built coming in. I'd agree with that. Um, it's you, you add in Roberson, which is 6'11", I mean, and you go, yeah. go down to 6'3". But even if you take him out of the equation, you're right. I mean, we used to say 6'6 and above, and now it's, you know, 6'4", 6'5", and it depends. You know, a lot of kids out of high school, they'll say they're a tackle, but they're not going to be a tackle at the next level. And so um, – I think it would be interesting because that room uh, is is finally, I hate to say fully stocked, but it's fully built with some more depth than they've had, like, let's say, if we were having this conversation two years ago. So, you know, based on that depth, you know, I think we both agree, got to take four to five guys every year, um, and we'll see what happens. I think, I think right now, uh, if I were to just kind of give my, you know, overview here, uh, you got in on uh, Indoma Ogar, you know, pretty early, yeah. but he's he's received offers from a lot of colleges, and we're going to talk about his teammate here in a minute. Uh, but 
I think, you know, you'll get a visit. I think you'll get some consideration. I think more of your top targets right now are going to be Brandon Brown and, and Trevor Roberson just because of familiarity with Brown and then proximity with Roberson. You know, both had some good things to say. Yeah. I know Alexander, you know, I haven't looked specifically, but Tech is one of his top offers, so I would chunk him into that as well. And then, in, you know, with Strange, I, I, you know, he's been on campus as well, uh, but – you know, he had a, a, a teammate that in the 2018 class that we thought, OK, yeah, he's going to commit any day. Yeah. And that never happened. And he ended up at Missouri. So by far, by, by any means, it's not a slam dunk, but definitely a talented kid. And what I'd also add to this is that, you know, we probably updated their height and weights, you know, last year or, or recently. Maybe but, you know, that's going to be different when we talk to him in the summer and going into the fall as well. So, you know, we'll see. Yep, we will certainly see, but uh, again, probably going to take four on the offensive line, and we'll kind of see when some of these guys start trying to visit here in the spring. Uh, let's kind of move to the counterpart here on the defensive line for our first defensive group to talk about, and uh, got a couple offers in here and guys that seem like Tech has a real chance with here, Matt, and I think you start with a guy like Jaden Jernigan out of Allen, who is teammates, excuse me, with who we were just talking about in Indama Ogar. Uh, Jaden Jernigan is extremely high on the Red Raiders. Uh, a guy that can play DT or DE, and I think that's kind of the, the common theme you see with a lot of these guys that they're recruiting on the defensive line are kind of multi-positional players. But, uh, yeah, let's start with Jernigan there, Matt. I think he's a guy that, that you might feel like out of all your, your possible targets is probably one that might be the closest to you grabbing. Yeah, he had a lot of good things to tell our team. Uh, another kid where, you know, there's not a defined junior day just yet, but, you know, he's definitely got a visit to Lubbock, you know, uh, in his back pocket for, for this spring. So he'll be on campus. And, um, he just said that, that there's a lot of consistency and a lot of love, you know, when it comes to his relationship with the tech coaches. So again, uh, no commitment, no, uh, none of that insight just yet, but you know, all trending well on that side. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else on the field really to add other right, than, yeah. you know, I, I do agree with you that you've got a you got a couple of these guys that could flex, you know, both inside and outside, which is which is good. So uh, I mean, I think that's a, a positive direction that they're taking there. Yeah, it seems like Tarian Carter is one of those kind of guys. I think Colt Ellison one of those kind of guys, uh, and I think uh, Harrison White probably too. So uh, we'll kind of see where things go with these guys. I know I've said that a lot, but that's just just how we where we are in the process. Uh, but there's five targets on the D-line uh, to kind of keep your eyes peeled on. And we're going to try to keep getting in touch with uh, Ellison and White, our two guys I don't think we've talked to yet. Uh, if I remember correctly, these guys are all kind of, you know, this Yeah, I don't, I don't think White talks to very many people yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'm going to add, and I don't know, <laughs> we got all the way to the defensive side of the ball without adding this, but uh, March second week and third week of March, I believe we're second and last week of March. We have, uh, this year we have, uh, rivals camp back in Houston. And then we also have rivals camp in Dallas. Yes. So outside of these kids, simply not wanting to come or not able to be there, having, uh, both Dallas and Houston where we used to have just Dallas, Dallas and Louisiana. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we're going to be able to have a lot more one-on-one -on -one time with these guys and, and really get some good feedback uh, from those rivals camps. So keep that in mind that that's coming yep. up. And these days you've got only rivals camp at the opening under armor. So there's a couple of different ways we're going to be able to get a hold of these guys. Yeah. So, so kind of keep your eyes peeled that. And we're going to try to get a lot of touch with a lot of these guys whenever we get a chance to. Um, so now let's move on to linebacker here, Matt, where you got two guys, one committed to Steven Parker. We already talked about him. And then the only other offer you've got right now is Zach Marchicelli 
who uh, Maitland actually talked with him here the other day. Uh, he's a guy out of Broken Arrow in Oklahoma, who that's obviously being a guy from uh, the Tulsa area. That's his ex special right there. And uh, a guy who's a big high school wrestler. And I think a lot of interest are early on from Tech with him. Yeah, I mean, shame on me. I haven't re- uh, read the article, but you and I were kind of talking about it, um, you know, in terms of formatting this particular board, uh, what we were going to do. And, you know, well, we decided to keep it to commits and, and, and offers. And so uh, when you look at linebacker, it was a little lean compared to the other positions. But yeah. that, that kind of falls in line with what Gibbs and Spavadol do at linebacker. So I don't think there's been a cycle where we've just seen this abundance of offers uh, unless you count their, their first year, which, you know, they were having to kind of stick and move there every year yeah every year after that you know they've it's been one or two guys outside inside and they really just offer one at a time so i you know we might see some other offers here later in the process probably some interest from other guys right now but we'll just focus on offers today yeah yeah but i mean to have a four-star top uh texas top 100 guy already committed you know you're doing you're doing very well and you know we can go look at kind of what marshelly said but you know Gibb or not Gibbs, uh, Spavadol family has that background in Oklahoma, so probably he's been on him for a little while and, and is working on building a relationship there. Yep, there, there's no doubt with that. Uh, like I said, Oklahoma guy, so there's probably some things going on there. Uh, have been for a while, so uh, just kind of keep keep your eyes on those two guys, and we may have some more targets or some more offers pop up here in the next uh, few months or so. But at DB, this is kind of the interesting one here, Matt, because similar to running back, uh, you've got a new position coach or two new position coaches, obviously, with uh, both uh, whenever we talk about Brett Dewhurst and we talk about Clay Jennings coaching your DBs. Clay, Clay Jennings, your corners, and Brett Hurst, Dewhurst, your safeties. Uh, we kind of just put a couple guys that they were at least kind of interested in tech and guys that Clay Jennings has offered since he's gotten the job. Now, a lot of these guys, to, to be you know just as, as honest as we can, have already kind of talked about a lot of other schools and haven't had a ton to say about tech. But again, a lot of these offers are kind of new from tech. So uh, this is a position that's probably in, in a lot of flux right now, but uh, we'll be curious to see where things go as far as this Claude Jennings kind of get tech back on the radar with some of these guys. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair to say um, it. I don't know. I mean, when we talked about this, we wanted to add these guys because they're the newer offers. There's a couple guys that were committed. Um, and then, you know, above all, I mean, Clay Jennings is new, so we don't know what his relationship is like with some of these guys. If you wanted me to bet money, then I would say Marcus Banks is going to Texas or Texas A&M or, or Alabama. Um, I would say, you know, Eric Young is going to go to LSU or Oklahoma, you know, but other these other two guys, I don't know them as well. I've had some exchanges with Richardson, but you know, Tech has a little bit of a history at, at Waxahachie, and you know, can can do some recruiting in that area. And you never know. I mean, uh, so we need to figure out, you know, what some of the connections are there, whether it is with a coach Jennings or or whether it's just with uh, Tech in general. Uh, so so yeah. we'll find out. But I mean, it's 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 funny because you didn't take any defensive backs in the 2018 class. So I would imagine that this big, list will be a big crop. Yeah. It'll this list is going to change drastically. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. Right. But, yeah. But that's why we were going to be doing this multiple times. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And it's going to be a group. I think where you really, like you said, you see a bunch of change here and you may get in it for some of these other guys here, here in the spring. But, uh, 
we'll see what you kind of have as far as guys that, that visit and some more guys that you offer as far as DB goes. But uh, I guess that's kind of it for, for, for what we kind of look at at this initial board, Matt. Just kind of what's kind of your thoughts on just kind of this initial board as we kind of wrap this thing up here? Well, I mean, I, you know, it's already been brought up and, and you and I were reviewing it earlier. They didn't land anyone from the initial 2018 big board. Uh, but all we can do is work off the list and the offers and the targets that they have yep. right now. Yep. Um, it's it's one of those things where I think just like we talked about last week, you know, we'd be doing our listeners and our fans a disservice if we just sat here and act like everything was OK. I mean, yeah. even going into last year, you had a coach on the hot seat, you know, every, up until the second half of the last game of the season. So uh, I don't think anything's necessarily changed about that. We're just we're just in the off season, and we know he's going to be there next year. Um, we also know that there's a whole new group of assistant coaches. So. You know, we'll do a better job of updating this on a monthly or biweekly basis with new offers. Um, and, and like we already teased, Will and I are going to put together for our, for our you know, paying members, we're going to put together a much more detailed uh, board that includes some targets. And I think, you know, if you look at a kid, for example, I know they didn't land him, but take a Jacoby Simpson at linebacker, for example. You know, when we run into a kid like that, you know, whether we call it the board or we call it whatever, you know, maybe we'll have a weekly feature where we, we feature some guys that, uh, maybe don't have an offer, but but might be a, a good prospect for the coaches to take a look at, right? I mean, we don't have any effect on that, but it's food for thought. And, you know, I don't know. It, it, if they don't land anybody from this 2019 board and it includes two commits, then, then I'd say we've got an issue. Uh, yeah, but with 2018, eh, it's a little different, right? Um, <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that that was a, a pretty odd – uh, recruiting year, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my only thought is that, you know, we realize it, the fans realize it. So now it's just time to, time to see what happens, right? This is just, yeah. uh, this is, it's a, it's a tool to use that, to, to follow recruiting in a snippet. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't tell the whole story. And so I think that, uh, the, the fact of the matter is we got to see who, who gets on campus and then with the rule changes for 2019, who takes an official visit yep. uh, in the springtime? I think all of that will be very important. And then, I don't know, you know, we'll we'll try to dig into resources. We'll try to dig into to what we can find out. But from a number standpoint, you know, I would expect them to take a much larger class than they did in 2018. And that's going to be much heavier on the defensive side of the ball. So from my point of view, when I look at that, it's going to mean a lot more offers and it's going to be some, you know, kids sneaking in to watch a spring practice or coming in for a weekend visit. And, and all of that will start to come to fruition here pretty soon. Yep. I agree with all of that you had to say. So uh, that's it for our uh, big board kind of preview here for the 2019 class. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I'm Will. He's Matt. Hope you guys have a great weekend. See ya.